Praise the Lord. No, Lori, it's not too high. Amen? Anybody excited about life? A couple people? All right. Just a couple. I'm excited about life. Amen? Honestly, um, just lower the volume a little bit before I fire you. Amen. Take your pads down. Amen. I was so excited about the picnic today, I decided I'm not going to preach. And so we're just going to say a prayer and go to the picnic. And, and that would be funny. But the funny part is that most of us treat our walk with God like that. That when things that are better and more fun come along than doing God's will, we abandon God's will to have fun. You were not born to have fun. Not that having fun is bad. But you were born to serve the Lord. Amen. You know, I came today to preach to all of you, but I know that what I have to say will speak to a small few of you. And I want you to ask yourself throughout the uh, time that we're here, are you one of the people that God is trying to speak to profoundly today? With all my heart, I believe that God is trying to do something supernatural in the northeastern part of our nation. I believe that God is doing something uh, supernatural. And all around the country, there is a, what I'm calling a mobilization of a generation that God is raising up young individuals. God is raising up young, youthful Christians. Uh, when I say young, I don't mean age. I mean not caught up in traditions, not caught up in ideologies and theologies and doctrines, but just people that love Jesus. Anybody here love Jesus? And emerging is a movement that God is trying to, to, to raise up a group of world changers. Ask your neighbor, are you a world changer? Are you a world changer? Do you have it in you to change the world? And so I came today to talk to you along the topic of when God calls. Somebody say, when God calls. When God calls. In this scripture I'm about to read to you, the backdrop of this scripture is that God has called the prophet Samuel. And he's going to anoint a new king over Israel. Saul is the present king, but God is displeased with Saul. And God sends Samuel to find a new king. Somebody say a new king. And in the process of finding this new king, God leads him to a man named Jesse. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 10. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 10. I'm reading from the NIV, and the scripture says this. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. And so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him, for we will not sit down until he arrives. And so he sent and had him brought in. And he was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And Samuel went to Ramah. The Spirit of the Lord entered him, somebody say, with power. I want to talk to you today of when God 
calls you. Realize God's qualifications are not based on appearance or stature. The Bible tells us that Saul, the present king, he was the tallest and the most handsome man in all of Israel, but yet Saul was plagued by an insecure spirit. He was a man pleaser and he could not do the will of God. And in the world today are too many Saul's men not being able to do the will of God. Men not being able to chase after God's heart. Men who cannot stand up for righteousness. Men who cannot father their children. Men who cannot be dads. In this generation, God was not looking for another Saul. The Bible tells us in Samuel 10, 21, 1 Samuel, that actually that when Saul was to be a presented king and coronated in front of all of Israel, that he was insecure and he hid. As Samuel passes before Jesse's sons, he looks at all of them and he says, God chose him. The smallest, the youngest one, God chose him. See, Samuel was looking on the outside in 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says this, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not what man sees, for man looketh on the outside, but God searches the inside. You may look unassuming. You may, you may be the least likely in your book to start a revival. You may be least likely in your family to be a soul winner. You may be quiet and, and nobody thought you were nothing, but yet God says, I can turn you into a world changer if you would follow me. It's not about what man sees. It's about what God sees. And what God sees is 10 times more powerful than what man sees. God's decision was not based on the outward, but the inward. God's decision was based on what was hidden to man's eyes. You may look like you're playing the role of a believer and a disciple, and maybe you have a title in church, and maybe you work in the church, but God isn't interested in what you look like. God's interested in what you are. Because what you are is more important to God, and what you are is what's in your heart. God was observing the heart. He rejected Saul for having an immoral heart. A heart meaning his, his seat of authority. Saul was a people pleaser. He just did whatever the people wanted him to do. He never listened to God. God's call in your life is dependent upon your heart. Proverbs says this in Proverbs 27, 19. A really good scripture says, As water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. It's saying basically as you walk into a, a pond and the water, you look into the water and you see your reflection. And it shows you what you look like. So your heart determines what you are as a man or a woman in that case. God's call is dependent upon your heart. In speaking to Saul, before David was ever even mentioned, God said this to Saul. But now your kingdom will not continue. I'm in 1 Samuel 13. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be a prince over his people because you have not done what God has commanded you. God always desires people after his heart. God always desired people who can have compassion, people who can show love, people who are not easily angered because God is not easily angered. If you're easily angered, you don't have a heart after God because God 
It's slow to anger, slow to wrath. That's why you can sin so much and God won't strike you down because he's slow to anger. When you're quick to anger, you reflect the enemy, not God. Somebody say, mm-hmm. What does your heart look like before God? Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The thought process of your heart reflects who you are. If you have bad thoughts, you're going to have bad actions in your life. Your life, check this out, your life is the culmination of your thoughts. Every action you ever had first started as a thought. Every good action, every bad action, every good thing you did, every sin you ever did started as a thought. And that thought then gave birth to action. And so your life, if it's good, it's because of your thoughts. If it's bad, it's because of your thoughts. If you're in a mess, it's because of your thoughts. If you can change the way you think, that's why Paul says, renew your mind. Renew your mind daily, every day, get before God and renew this. If you can fix this, you can fix this. You want your life to change? Stop thinking ghetto. You want to have money? Stop spending like ghetto stuff, you know? Just stop wasting money on stupid things. You want to be prosperous? Change the way you think about money. You want to have a good relationship? Change the way you think. Change how you think. Renew your mind, the Bible says. Somebody say your mind. When speaking of your heart, the Bible says, but as a man thinketh, so shall he be. That's why we're told to repent when we come to God. Jesus preached one message, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And what the word repent means is to do a complete about face. Change completely where you're going. You can't impact the world with your own heart and your own way of thinking. You need God's heart. You need to look at the poor and hurt for them. See the broken and have compassion for them. And see the, the, the brokenness of the community and have a heart for the community. Maybe at this point you're saying, Pastor, I don't even know if I want God to use me. I'm okay with life as is. If that's how you feel in your heart, I would challenge you that each day you waste a part of you. Every day a piece of you dies that can never be fulfilled again. Every day that you, you um, don't fulfill your destiny. A piece of you dies that you can never recover. Every day you walk outside of God's will, a piece of you dies. Every moment you spend outside of God's will, a second of you passes that God did not create you for. Every time you find yourself in sin, a piece of you is dying that God created you for. For when God created you, he was motivated to do so. He had a reason and a purpose to do so. And when he created you, he put everything in you that you would need to fulfill that purpose. And if you're not fulfilling that purpose, every day, part of it's dying. You were born to change the world. Jeremiah 1.4, God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah and he says, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, before I formed you, Jeremiah, in the belly, I knew you. Before you ever came forth out of your mother's womb, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. So many times, individuals wait to do God's will until it's too late. We feel a sense of inadequacy to fulfill God's purpose. And so we try to prepare ourselves and we try to equip ourselves, but yet the Bible tells us that in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, I have not seen, ear has not heard what God has in store for you. 
You're trying to prepare for something you won't recognize when you see it. I don't think you understand this. I'm not interested in, 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 in getting a degree. I'm not interested in higher levels of education concerning the Bible. I'm not interested in a Bible institute. I'm interested in the Holy Spirit opening my mind. Because once somebody gets a degree, their, their reliance is on their knowledge and not their experience with God. And so many Christians have an intellectual knowledge of God. They know the Bible front and back, but they've never experienced God. And they're teaching people stuff that they know nothing about and have never experienced. You can't teach to me the love of God if you don't show love. Don't talk to me about the compassion of God if you don't compa have compassion for the poor. God is not interested. You may think you're not ready. You may feel inadequate, but God has deposited in you greater things than you can imagine. I don't know if you understand. He says to Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, before you were ever even conceived, me and you had a celestial conversation. I spoke to you before I sent you into that world. I spoke to your soul before it ever even was born, ever even was in existence. And I took a piece of me and I put my will, which was God himself, because you're made in the image of God. I put my will and I took it out of me and I deposited it into you. And so I know that you have what it takes to do what I've called you to do. All you have to do is begin to walk in it. You are so concerned about failing God. You can't fail God because his success is not dependent on you. You can't let God down because you don't hold him up. I don't think you understand this today. You don't get this. You are destined to do God's will. And before you were ever born, God knew you. That word in Hebrew, knew, is the word that says that he intimately knew you. The Bible says Adam knew Eve, meaning they had relations and they bore a child. And God says, I knew you intimately, inside and out. I knew you before you were even born. Inside of Jeremiah, he's saying, Jeremiah, I prepared you. I put everything in your life you need to do my will. I put everything in you already. I know because I am God. And I've called you as a prophet to the nations. Tell somebody next year, you're already prepared. If I could put it to you like this, God has deposited things in you for safekeeping the same way you would deposit them in a bank. And at the proper time, God comes to you to do his will. He desires to withdraw them out of you. And so God's saying to you, I put some very precious things inside of you that only you can do, that only you can do, that only you can do. And I'm telling you now, I'm pulling them out of you and I'm commanding you to use them. You see, the problem is that your value is mixed up. If God says, I put a safety, a safety deposit box with $5 million in your name and I want you to use it now, you would be excited. Oh my God, yes! Five million dollars, woohoo! You would be so excited because your value is all twisted. But God says to you, I put, I put the ability to talk to one person and lead them to Christ, and that one person would save 10,000. And you say, oh, I don't want to do that, Lord, I'm too shy. <laughs> I don't want to do that, Lord, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, God. 
our values mixed up. Our values should be placed on eternal things, not on the things of the world. Somebody say, God has prepared me. You just need to start walking in the purpose that God has for you. 2 Peter 1.3. 2 Peter 1.3. You should write this down. You should highlight it. Text it to yourself. Facebook it. Tweet it. Something. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You have everything you need through the knowledge you have of God. Somebody say the knowledge. Jeremiah was created to do this thing for God, and so were you. God formed you with the strength you needed. God formed you with the mouth you needed. God formed you with everything you need. You haven't tapped into the wisdom God has for you. You haven't tapped into the strategies God has for you. You have not tapped into the relationship God has for you. You have not tapped into the power that God has for you. If Snapple is made from the best stuff on earth, you're made from the best stuff in heaven. Everything God is, he put in you. He's prepared you with everything you need. I don't think you understand that whatever you face in life, your marital issues, your problems, your money issues, God prepares you for it. No, 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 I don't think you get this. The Bible says that God sees something from the end to the beginning. I have to tell you this almost every three weeks. From the end to the beginning, God did not plan your life from the beginning to the end. He looked at the end. He walked backwards in your life with you, saw every problem you would face, every hardship you would face, every low point in your life, and then God prepared you for it. And so every, he, he walked from the end to the beginning. And as he did that, when he got to the beginning, before your parents even made you, he began to make you strong enough, powerful enough to walk through all those issues he saw you facing. God would never give you more than you can handle. God would never give you more than you can handle. God saw how you would make dumb mistakes. God saw you would walk into a homosexual lifestyle. God saw you would walk into sexual promiscuity. God saw you would walk into drunkenness. God saw all of this, and he equipped you to handle it. All you have to do is tap into that strength. He says to Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you ever had a problem, I fixed it. Before you, God has questions, the answers you haven't even thought of yet. Literally. And God has answers to questions you haven't even thought of yet. God is crazy like you can't understand God. His, his goodness and greatness is so, just so enormous that we could not contemplate God. God is calling you to come out of your mediocre life with God. God is calling you. Out of your mediocre life, God is calling you into a deep relationship. God is trying to use you, not abuse you. God desires that he would use you for the purpose he created you. God has not called you to change your life with the world, but to change the world with your life. He's not called you to live a better life. He's not called you to live a good life. He's called you to live a radical life, a life of passion. A life after God, a life where you abandon once and for all the sins that so easily beset you and do God's will. I came to tell somebody today, no matter what you think about yourself, it does not disqualify you. Jeremiah said to God, God, I'm too young. Moses said, I stutter. Everybody seemed to have a problem, but nothing they had disqualified them from God's will. Nothing. Somebody say amen. 
He doubted his own abilities to be who God said he was. But when God calls you, nothing else matters. If God called you to be a worshiper, you better do it. If God's called you to be a revivalist, you better go do it. If God called you to be an evangelist, go do what God's called you to do. Isaiah thought he was unclean. And God said, I'm still going to use you. I came today to tell somebody that you need to get yourself into what God is trying to do in your life. You need to put yourself and align yourself with God. Nothing you think about yourself disqualifies you. Somebody say amen. amen. Jacob was a cheater. Peter had a temper. David was a, he had a sexual problem. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossip. Martha was a, was a worrier. Thomas was a doubter. Ruth was a whore. God doesn't care. He'll still use you. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. God can use you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how dumb you are. God can use the dumbest person. You know, some people, I'm just not that smart. Okay, that's all right. That's good. God likes dumb people. He gets more glory. The problem is that we want to wait until we're ready. The moment you think you're ready, you're not ready. The moment you get ready, God will never use you. Because then you say it's on your power, your strength. Go, go get a degree in theology and doctrine and prepare yourself. I, I know a friend of mine, great friend, has one of the highest levels of education. I know. Can't seem to get members in their church. I know a ton of educated preachers, doctorates here, bishops there, got their masters in this, bachelors in that, can't even, can't even grow a church. God's not interested in your preparation. He's interested in your willingness. God's not interested in you trying to be the best of the best of the best of the best. He just wants you to be you because that's who he made you to be. And your best as just being you. That's God's will. That's God's purpose. That's God's design. He's not interested in you trying to be better. He's not interested in you trying to better yourself with him in the sense of, I want to go here and I want to do this and, man, I'm going to study the word for five years and then God's going to send me out to preach. No. God's calling you just to go. Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. It did not say go when you're ready. Go when you've studied enough. Go when you feel you're prepared. It just says go. God's will is instant. It just means go. Somebody say go. Hesitating to do God's will is called rebellion. You must not wait to do God's will. Almost everyone God ever called doubted themselves in the Bible. You look at scripture, almost every person God calls almost always doubted themselves. Somebody say it right now, I will not doubt. You know something? God's timing is never comfortable. God's timing is never comfortable. The time of your unveiling before the public when God desires to use you is never going to be comfortable. 1 Samuel 16 tells us that, that God called David from, from the fields with the sheep. He had no time to take a shower. Had no time to take a bath. He probably walked up to the prophet Samuel stinky, smelly, dirty, smelling like sheep. Smelling like sheep poop. Smelling like sheep pee. Smelling like sheep butt. Because you know sheep always want to be right next to you. Always want to be all up on. Probably smell like sheep wool. 
He probably came up and saved him, probably anointed him like this. He was dirty. But yet God was not interested in the outside. He was concerned with the heart. God is not looking for you to come to him when you're perfect. He'll take your dirty. He'll take your smelly. He'll take it with your life a mess. He'll take you when you, I don't think you understand that every time the scripture says God called David until he became king, he was working. 1 Samuel 17, Saul calls for, for, for Jesse to send David to him, and the Bible says that David left the sheep to be with Saul. When David went to fight Goliath, the Bible says he left his sheep. He was always working. He was always, it was never comfortable timing for God to call him. You know how when your mother calls you, calls you while you're working? Yes, mom. Mom, I'm working. You know I'm working, mom. Why you call me now? This couldn't wait. Oh, how'd you get my job number? Oh. You're driving home. She calls your cell phone. Mom, I'm working. You know I'm working, mom? Gosh. Well, how about your kids calling you? Just nonstop. Just blowing you up. Mom. Yes. Where's the butter? Couldn't find it in the cabinet. It wouldn't be there. Isn't that, anybody ever got those inconvenient calls? I'm sitting there trying to do something, and it's like, they call you up. Pastor, yeah? I'm about to tell you I love you. That couldn't wait. I appreciate it, but I'm studying, Stephen. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm talking about, those annoying phone calls. Hello? You don't love me? What do you mean? You haven't called me, okay? You know what I'm talking about. We've all got them. That's God's call. I mean, God called me when my dad died. That was inconvenient. Nice timing, Lord. <laughs> I told him that night, you suck. You suck at timing. So I thought, but in God's eyes, it was the best time. Because, because I had no strength, I had nothing else but to depend on him. I had no other choice but to lean on God. God's timing is never perfect in your eyes. Understand that. Understand that God's timing will not be right in your eyes. Even when God called the prophet Samuel, God called Samuel while he was ministering, working in the temple. He was like... Back in those days, the little boy in the temple would have to sleep in the room with the Ark of the Covenant in order that when the lamp went out, he would light it back up. And so they would sleep while they worked. And so God woke him up while he was sleeping slash working. God ever woke you up in your sleep? No? God woke me up in my sleep a couple times, told me to pray. I told him no. You know what he did? Woke me up again. So finally, after like three times, I started praying. This was years ago. You have to learn not to run from God's call. God calls people at inconvenient times. God called Moses. Exodus 3, verse 1. God called Moses while he was working, tending the sheep. He saw the mountain. He saw the burning bush. And he came up there and he, he left the sheep with somebody. And he went and he, he searched after God. God beckoned him. Somebody said while he was working. God is not concerned with your life's plans. God is not concerned with your desires. I'm sorry to break it to you, 
I really am. All jokes aside, it's, it's horrible. When I, got a, when I got this thought nailed down in my head, when I finally figured this out, it set me free of a lot of things. You ready for this? Is anybody ready? God is sovereign. The word sovereign, the word sovereign, I don't know if you know this, it means God is not affected by your opinion. He's immutable. The word immutable means he's unchangeable. That may sound harsh. God does not care what you think. God doesn't care how mad you are. Don't care how frustrated you are. God doesn't care how bad your life seems. Because God understands, the beauty of it is because God understands something. He understands your life is only like that because you're not walking in his will. And so he has to be unchangeable. Because if he fixed you while you were outside of his will, then God would be saying, it's okay to be outside my will. You getting this? God's unchangeable. And so you have to get in God's will. And that's why God's unchangeable. His will for your life will not change. God doesn't care what you've done. The blueprint he made for your life still remains. I don't think you understand that. No matter where you're at in your life, the blueprint still remains that God has for you. All you have to do is just hop in the blueprint. Instead of walking your own way, your own will. God is calling you. And ready or not, here he comes. God does not care about your situation right now. Because God understands that he's still worthy of more than what you can give him. I, I just want to tell you something. If you don't believe me, read the scripture. If God would impregnate the Virgin Mary a couple months before she's supposed to get married... I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty like God, really? You couldn't find some other girl who wasn't engaged? Like you had to find, I'm, I'm getting married in a couple months. If I were married, I would have been like, this is not cool. You want to do what? Put a baby in my belly? I'm, and that's favor? And that's a blessing? That you're going to bring some baby? He's never going to believe this. Joseph is never going to get down with this. The Bible says Joseph thought about dumping her, basically. Until God appeared to him in the form of an angel and spoke to him. Isn't that a bit inconvenient? I mean, God called Gideon while he was hiding. Could you imagine that you're sitting there hiding, doing something? You ever been like hiding and you have a puppy and the puppy comes up to you while you're hiding? Like, get away, get away, don't do that. We're playing hide and seek, no. Even worse, I remember once we were playing hide and seek down south in this big church, all the lights off, pitch black. And it was like somebody always wanted to come to my hiding spot with me. You ever had that? Everybody has had that? You play hide and seek, you're sitting there. What are you doing? No, there's only room for one. Get up. Go. They're going to hear us. Go, go, go. Okay, quiet. Shh. And they find you. It's because of you. You suck. You suck. Isn't that how it is? Like, it's inconvenient. It doesn't work for you. You know, but God, that's what God called Gideon, like, while he was hiding. He was hiding in a wine press, and God's like, hey, you, you're a mighty warrior. He's like, shh, what are you talking about? No, I'm hiding. I'm not a warrior. You should read it. It's in the book of Judges. He's like, hey, you, you're a mighty warrior. He's like, no, shh, I'm hiding. I'm hiding. I'm hiding. Some of you are hiding. God's like, hey, you're a worshiper. Shh, 
I'm hiding. Hey, you're a prayer warrior. Shh, Lord, I'm hiding. You're a prophet. Shh, I'm hiding. And you're just, you're hiding from God and God's saying, no, I've, I've called you. Don't do that. I called you. Ain't nothing worse than when somebody blows your spot up. And that's what God's doing. He's like, no. I've called you. You're hiding. I've called you to be a, a world changer. You're hiding. I've called you. I've called you to be a, a person with purpose, a, a destiny. I've called you. are hiding. I'm, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I've called you to be a promise walker. I'm calling you. I'm calling you to speak faith. But you're like, I'm hiding. No, I'm hiding. When God calls you, your life does not matter. What matters is your life with God. I don't know who I came to speak to today because I know I have some visitors, but you know what? God says this. God says, you know, I'm calling some people. I'm calling some people to step up and just, you know what? Put their own little baby feelings to the side. I'm calling people to mature in this church. I'm calling people to grow up and put me first. I'm calling people. I'm calling you. God's calling you to get past your immature Christianity. I am calling you. God's calling you. God's calling you. There's people in your family God wants to use you to reach. People in your household, people at your job, God's calling you to reach. I'm calling you. I am calling you. Come on, just bow your heads with me. Just stand and bow your heads with me. God says, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. Come on, just bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. God says, I'm calling you. Just listen to him now. Take a moment. It may sound crazy. Take a moment to listen to the voice of the Lord. He says, I'm calling you. I don't care what your life looks like. I'm calling you. I don't care what your life looks like. I'm calling you. I don't care what you've done, where you've gone, who you're messing with. God, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I have a destiny for you. I have a purpose for you. I've got a, 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 something greater than what you could even imagine. I have great and mighty things for you. I'm calling you. I won't ask you to come to the front, but I'll ask you, if you know God's calling you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just to lift your hand. You know God's calling you. Thank you. You know God's calling you. Thank you. Thank you. You say, I want something greater. I want something greater than this life, and I know God is calling me to it, and I want to rise to the occasion. I want to rise to the occasion. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking for a couple of world changers today, a couple of people who are willing to put themselves to the side and put God first. I know that's hard. It's hard to put God first, especially it's just hard. It's hard to put God first when you have all types of situations. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Come on. You're saying, I want to be a world changer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're saying, I want God to use me. I'm not too dumb. I'm not too, I'm not too far away from his will. I've not gone too far. I've not done too much. God can use me. I may not be perfect, but I am willing. Come on. Anybody else say, I'm coming out of hiding. I'm coming out. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. I haven't been serving God the way I should, but I want God to use me. I want God to speak to me. I want God to use me to change my neighborhood, change my, my outlook on this place. I want God to, to help me change bricks, but I want God to use me. Any more takers? Come on. We're lifting hands today. We're saying, God, I'm available. God, here I am. I'm crying out for you, God. I may not be perfect, God, but I know that you've got a perfect will for me, God. I want to walk with you. I want to change the circumstances around me, God. Father, speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, God. 
Come on, if you lifted your hands, lift them for me right now as high as you can. Spirit of the living God, rest on us right now. We're putting you first in our heart as of right now. Give us the outlook on our lives that you receive. I want to see you, and I want you to see me, God, and I want the world, God, to see me the way you see me, God. Not as a failure, not as a sinner, not as what I used to be, but as the thing you've called me to be, God. God, I may not be ready, but God, I am willing. God, I may not be ready, God, but here I am. You can use me, God. You can use me, Lord. You can use my life. Tell them that right now. You can use my life. I am available, Father God. I open my heart. I open my mind to you, God. I open it all right now, Holy Spirit. I ask you, God, to have total control. I ask you, God, that you might manifest yourself in my life, God. Breathe on my life, God. Breathe on my life, God. Be seen in me, God. God, set me on fire so the world can watch me burn for you, God. Raise up a, a hunger in my spirit to seek after you. Chase you down. Chase me down, God. Strengthen me in the places that I'm weak, God. Strengthen me in the ways that I keep failing you over and over and over and over, God. Help me to see your plan for my life. Come on, if you want God's plan, just say, I want God's plan. In my heart and in my life. We just thank you, Father God. God, you are so awesome. God, you are just so amazing, God. We just thank you, Father God. Let me ask you to put your hands down real quick. If you just bow your heads. You know, I want to I ask this question. Is anybody in this place today who doesn't know the Lord as your personal Savior, and you're saying, Pastor, you know what? I want to make that commitment today. If you could just raise your hand. Nobody's watching you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. You're saying, I, I haven't made the decision yet, but I want to make that right now. Come on, we got four so far. Anybody else just saying, I just don't know him the way I should. Thank you. I've heard about God my whole life. I've known about God, but I've never knew God. I never intellectually experienced Him. I never had that in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, church. Repeat this prayer after me with them. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to ask you into my heart. I want to give you total control. And I accept you right now as my personal Lord and Savior. And I ask you to help me keep my commitment to you all the days of my life. I accept your will. I accept your correction. I accept your purpose for my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, I wish you would put your hands together for the Bible says that when just one, just one enters into the kingdom of heaven, that all of heaven celebrates. I wish you could do a little better. Come on. When just one. Come on. 
We're going to last prayer. We're going to dismiss right now. Right where you stand, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the service that we thank you for the five souls that gave their hearts to you, God. God, I ask you that they would come to us and just say, you know what, I want God to use me more and more, God. I thank you for their decision today, God. We ask you now, right now, Father God, that as we go our separate ways, you would, you would just guide us and keep us as we have our church picnic today, God. You would protect us and let us have a great time, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, you're dismissed. God bless you guys.